these things, Lord, for Jesus' name I pray, amen. Yeah, it's your turn to one, number 189, Come All Ye Faithful. It's that time of year where Christmas songs are, <laughs> are coming out. <laughs> Next song, I ask you to turn to number 204, and you may be seated. 204.
give you a little bit of a break after seeing those six verses. <laughs> and Brother John's going to come up and give the announcements. So I'll give you a few minutes to catch your breath. <laughs> Oh, anyways, I'll tell you one thing. You turn your, uh, your uh, radio dial to uh, Christmas stations and so forth, and I'm telling you one thing. There's nothing like congregational singing of, of hymns that glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, in Christmas time like this especially, it's really beautiful. I'm, I sit back there, I don't know, I, I, I sit back there and listen to the, the, the sound, and just because you're, you're facing this way, I can hear you nice and clear, and it's, it's wonderful to hear people singing, God's people singing. Christmas carols and praising the Lord. Oh, we have a few announcements this morning, so just praise the Lord. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Keith and Alicia, for being here. It's a good thing to see you uh, again and safely <laughs> on the roads. Uh, our business meeting, we have a business meeting coming up on December 12th, so that's after the PM service, after the PM service, so be aware of that. Uh, our annual business meeting, which usually takes place in the first two weeks of December, has been moved to March of 2022. Uh, and then also there's a note here uh, for the, uh, in order to protect the pastor, please uh, be, just be cognizant of the fact that uh, the pastor is holding back on shaking hands and greeting like normal because of, uh, um, because of sickness. So just be careful of that. He is wearing a mask. And so now I'd like to go to our memory verse, Luke, uh, Luke 2.11. It's a, it should be in your bulletin. Luke 2.11. And we'll say it twice beginning with its address when everybody's ready. Hold on a second. Everybody ready? Luke 2.11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Luke 2.11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Amen. Thank you. And I ask you to turn to number 211. There's a song in the air.
last song, I ask you to turn to number 223 and please stand for this one, Born to Die.
seated. And the children are dismissed. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Before that, we got a special song, and I guess Cynthia's going to give an update. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give you heed to what we say. News, news, Jesus Christ is born today. Oaks in us before him bow and he is in the manger now. Christ is born today. Christ is born today. Good Christian men rejoice. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Those are our grandkids. <laughs> and I'm a proud Grammy. <laughs> um, so I'd like to start with a scripture verse that's just been speaking in my heart. I, I tell you, I'm, I'm just sharing what I read because I read in God's word every day. And honestly, that is my sustenance and my husband's sustenance. Um, it gets you through the hard times and uh, focuses your mind because you, if you don't, your mind is everywhere. And God keeps bringing my heart back and gives me hope. I have to tell you, this has been, and I told you all, God gave me Romans 15, 13. Romans 15, 13, that God is a God of hope. And as I'm reading his word, he keeps pointing his finger going, see, hope, see, hope. So this um, past week, I'm reading through 1 Peter, and you may know this, but may I share it again with you, because sometimes God's word becomes, um, we're too used to it. We just read it, blah, 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 and we don't internalize it. But, <laughs> you know, when you're going through deep waters, you really internalize the word of God. God's word speaks, your hearing becomes very acute, 
And um, so this is talking about us being born again to a living hope. Do you all have hope? <laughs> if you have Jesus Christ, you do. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope. I read that, and I, you know, I, I, I know that by memory, but he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And see, this is where it makes all the difference if you serve a living Savior. That should make all the difference to us as believers. I serve a living Savior. And this is where he says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Um, so he's given us an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven or reserved in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. So, in this, do you know what you do? Does anybody know the answer? You rejoice. So, people are saying, ah, how are you doing? Um, you know what? This is what rejoicing in trials really is. It's where we're rejoicing. Um, so, and I've really had to think about this, you know, because... We have to be careful. We can glibly tell others, oh, just rejoice in the Lord. God works everything out for good, blah, 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 blah. Oh, that is so heartless because, um, yes, Paul did say, and I've been thinking about this, rejoice in everything. And I'm thinking, in all things rejoice. Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Again, I'll say rejoice. But you know what? I've come to the conclusion, I am not rejoicing in the set of circumstances that we're in or that we've been in. I'm not saying, oh, well, thank you, Lord. Um, what I am rejoicing in is I'm rejoicing in God, my Savior. Could you see the difference? Um, you're rejoicing in God, your Savior, in everything give thanks. But everything in my giving thanks is in my Savior, in my God. And when I do that, do you know he's been redirecting my focus, my heart, setting my heart? And he's a firm foundation. So you all want to know, like, and I'm telling you all this because everybody's asking me, how are you doing, how are you doing, how's pastor doing? I don't have a glib answer. I stopped answering those questions. I had so many people ask me on Facebook, and I thought, oh, they're all going to think I'm so rude. I don't answer them because I can't give you a one-word answer, um, you know, house pastor, because our days have been so booked, 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 booked with this and that. And honestly, um, <laughs> you know, sometimes a journey, you have hard times, and then you get a good time, and then you have hard times, and you get a good time. I've never been through a time where everything that we're going through is a bad time. Every news, every call, every visit to this one, to that one, it's like we get the, we get the talk to, and it's like we walk out, you know. But then God picks our hearts up again, and I just say, wow, Lord, you're making yourself so real. And um, I'm not going to lose my hope. My hope is in Jesus and my faith, and you know, um, I've been thinking about Mary and Martha, and I said, oh, Jesus, if you just would have come, Lazarus would have been, he wouldn't have died. <laughs> we know you have the power to do it, but he's dead, he's been dead. He says, no, no, I'm here that my power might be magnified. And you know, I, I'm coming to that. I really think through my, because my husband, as you all know, June started the whole thing. <laughs> and that was that was like off the wall. But then we were moving forward after the accident, after he was hit. Okay, you know, now we're, we're making forward progress. And then this cancer started. Okay, so then, okay, we'll do the next, and we were, we're doing the next thing, we're doing the next thing. But then the next thing comes and it's like, 
okay? We get up and, and smacks him down. And um, so this is what we're rejoicing that. It says for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Ah, this is what it is. We're being tested. And your pastor is being tested so that you all might see, because we're not alone in being tested. I, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, oh, poor us. We're going through stuff that nobody's ever gone. That's not true, because, oh, my goodness, there's so many people that I'm praying for, so many people with cancer, so many children, and that breaks my heart. Little children, that's just not right. Um, <laughs> you know, and so it's not that we're alone in this, but God has put us in the public eye, in your eye. And, and people have looked at us. We've been here for 26 years. And so I think, you know, I know, like, I look to people and say, now what? Now what are they going to do? <laughs> That's just terrible. We're going to hope in God. We're going to hope in God. And we're going to pray with faith and believing. And I'm telling you, God can still do great and mighty things. And I think um, when you pray, you need to pray in faith, believing. That's what Romans 15, 13 is talking about. You know, pray in faith, believing. Don't go to God and go, ooh. You know, uh, I mean, you can cry. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Um, I haven't cried yet. I don't know what's wrong with me. God is just keeping my heart. And somebody asked me this morning, you know, are you on pills? And No, <laughs> not yet anyway, but maybe I will be later. Because um, they're like, I sure would be. But I get that. I, I do. I get that. Um, maybe I, maybe there will come a time and I'll say, yes, I am on <laughs> Um, I just keep running to the Lord. It doesn't mean that we don't have a continual um, butterfly, and the butterflies are multiplying. Um, because this week we got a call from the oncologist. Um, my husband was fitted for the mask to begin the radiation. So okay, so that was our next step we're taking. And never thought, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do this. I'm an optimist. God has given me a happy heart, and I'm so glad He has. And so we were gonna do that. But then we get an emergency call, you know, and after they fit the mask, they put the, do a CAT scan on, and then they, they called and said, you know, mm, we're seeing some things. We need to get you in right away, and you need to have a, a CAT scan with um, contrast dye and stuff. So we hurried, and, and this has been our life. We, every week there's been one thing we're hurrying to, then another and another. And so we hurried, and we get over there, and then we do that. And then later that day, we get a call from the oncologist, and that's not good news. Um, so... What he's saying is the, they're seeing in the throat and the and something in the lungs that wasn't there before. And so what I need you all to do is to pray. Um, tomorrow he's having a CAT scan guided by, or ultrasound guided um, biopsy. Okay, I got that right. Um, I've never heard of that before, but that's what they're doing tomorrow on his neck. And so basically he's, he's you know, not eating food. He's, it's all through the feeding tube, which it has been, but um, we were progressing out of that. Now we're, you know, so we are praying for a miracle um, that somewhere along the line we're going to get. Now, tomorrow will be very revealing because that's going to tell, you know, more of the outcome. So um, pray. And what I would like to do, and I, and I know. <laughs> Um, I'm not the spiritual leader here. My husband is, so please don't think I'm usurping authority, you know, because I'm the woman here. But I have to be his voice. I have been his advocate, you know, oh, my goodness, since the June when he had the 
the brain trauma, <laughs> you know, so um, I'm, I'm learning to get over that fear. You know, that's one good thing. I have to tell you, this is a blessing is that God is making me bold because um, I could be more timid, like talking to strangers and stuff, but now it's like, you know what, I'm bold. I'm bold toward the doctors. I, I need to speak up, but I'm bold. Um, more bolder to, you know, to speak up for the Lord everywhere and anywhere. Da, 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 da. You know, that's great if you're already that way, but, you know, sometimes I was, like, gauging things, you know, being careful. Okay, you know, you don't step on somebody's toes, but it's like now, you know, thank you, Lord, you're just giving me such freedom and such boldness because um, I'm only living to please him. And, you know, sometimes I do worry, like, oh, what do people think you're getting up there? And um, I want to tell you something. Um, forgive me for going on just a bit. Um, I wasn't going to share this, but I had an, an instant. You have to listen. You have to be careful whose voices you listen to. Um, do, you, do you believe that sometimes the devil will come and whisper in your ear or his, his minions? Um, this was one of the times that I, um, my husband was in the hospital. And I was going back and forth back and forth by myself, and then finally I got a chance to go over to my kid's house and spend the night with my precious girls. They're such a blessing to Grammy and sleep in their room. And I've been telling everybody what great things God has done and getting up like I'm getting up now. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I heard this voice saying, um, they all just think you're living in denial. <laughs> I had to really deal with that because I don't want you to think that I'm just living in denial. I want to reflect the Lord. And I had to, I had to stop that voice because it just started multiplying in my head that they're just thinking you're just in denial. That's, that's where you're at. And um, it took me a while to go back to sleep, but I lay there and I'd start praying. I thought, Lord, no. And, and the Lord reminded me, what have I said to you? And that was that verse, Romans 15, 13. Um, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, I was like, every time I, I go back to God's word and what he's told me, it's like, yes, yes, Lord, you did tell me that. That wasn't your voice telling me that I'm living in denial because, you know, the devil doesn't want me to trust God in this. And he doesn't want me to tell you about it because, you know, what I really want to do is I want to go and hide and I don't want to tell, tell you all that he's just been pushing me for it. Like, tell people because they're going through troubles. I mean, I just heard a story this morning of this dear man whose father passed away with carbon monoxide and it was a shock to him his, his pastor daddy you know and and those are things you're not prepared for but God is prepared and God never leaves us he never forsakes us he's always with us and I want to encourage you because everyone goes through storms in life if you haven't yet and I've never gone through a storm like this before ever I would always weep with other people but <laughs> My husband, I just look at him and I think, oh my word, he's, he's like a Job. He really has gone through not just this, but one thing after another after another, and he's not gotten a breather. So, as I said, not wanting to usurp authority, but my husband's not up here, and you know we've done this before. And Oh, and I wanted to say for Jean, I did call Jean, and Jean is out of the hospital. He only had the um, pneumonia. He's our greeter at the door, and we miss him because it's like... Where's Gene? And he's always the first one here. You remember Gene? He was out there. Um, so he's home, and uh, he's still very out of breath. And I just, it was just real quick, are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. Oh, you're not alone. No, no, 
we're praying for you. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. So he got up. But Maxine, she's been a helper to him, and she she was saying that he said to tell everybody thank you, thank you, thank you for praying for him, and that he misses being here. And he said he wants to try to be here next week. <laughs> so see, we pray for him, and, and I think he's 95. Uh, you know, you got to look to these people and say, okay. You know, if they can do these things, we're making such little sacrifice. I think if we were making more sacrifice, our church would be full. I, you know, sometimes I'm in such a quandary about it because the church is my life. I just love hanging out with you, and I, I don't think we should ever have empty pews, but we do. And um, so I, you know, but anyway, what I would like to ask, um, and, and for Jenny, Jenny's not here today, and she's having different tests being run. Um, they just don't know what it is it's not Lyme disease I'm just not. but what we can do as a church is we can pray but what I'd like to do we always say this and we walk off and everybody goes and sits down and we go on our merry way this is a house of prayer can we not pray can we not pray right now um which would, would you all you know I don't know how you want to do it I'm, I'm not the leader here but you know John uh, I'm, I'm just asking you and begging you would you please pray over these people and pray over your pastor husband pray for us tomorrow and then whatever news we're going to receive it you know we have to go on from there but it would be such a blessing to pray together and not just talk about it so i'm going to leave that in your hands thank you cynthia and i know we've done this before we've taken asked people to to pray for for people before and so I know if, can I have somebody pray for of course for pastor first anybody want to volunteer to pray for pastor okay over there is Rita okay and then how does anybody want to pray for Jenny okay Cynthia pray for Jenny Okay, and okay, Jean, who wants to pray for Jean Grow? Okay, Carolyn. Sure. Okay. Okay. So yeah, so after Rita gets done praying, if anybody else will give a minute for anybody else who wants to start to pray, pray for him too. And let's see, I know there's another, and Robert Wines, he's been suffering with health needs too. Would anybody like to pray for him? For Robert Wines. Okay, is Janice. Okay. Okay, we can do that. Okay. Now I'll go ahead and start praying for these people. Heavenly Father, we do just thank you so much, Lord, for your goodness towards us. And we thank you that we can come before you in prayer, Lord, that there is, that we know we, you're there with us, Lord, each and every day. And wherever two or three are gathered, you're with us. And we, we meet that criteria here, Lord, because there's many people here. We all came to come to worship you. And give you the glory for all that's done lord we just thank you so much lord for the singing and the worship we, we we've already done with the singing and giving you the glory for all that with that and 
We ask you, Lord, to continue just being with these people, Lord. We think of our pastor, Lord. We, we ask you just to be with this test tomorrow, Lord, and the biopsies and scans that he's having, Lord, with that. And continue just being with that and help, him, help us not to find anything but healing done in his body, Lord. And we do just thank you so much, Lord, for just his faithfulness to be here each and every week, Lord. And we thank you so much that he's still doing the, his stuff he does around this church here because he does many, much more around here than just preaching, Lord. And we do just thank you for that. And he's continuing to, just to serve in, in that capacity. And we also ask you, Lord, to continue just being with Jenny, Lord. We ask you just to be with the doctors there. And as they really don't know what's going on with her and they keep running all these tests to find out what's wrong, just, just give them the wisdom that they need, Lord, that they can figure it out and continue just helping them, the doctors there, Lord, just uh, continue just to find what's wrong with her and to, to help her to get better, Lord. But we, are, we could also put it in your hands, Lord, that that she will get better, Lord, by, by your healing, Lord. We also ask you just to be with Gene, Lord, and to thank you that he is home from the hospital now and he is recovering. Just continue giving him the strength, Lord, and just help him, Lord, to be able to come next week like he wants to. We do just thank you for his, his service here, Lord, and as he welcomes people and as he greets people at the door, Lord, and many, many people he's the first they see, Lord, and he's always so, so, so grateful to to have everyone here, and we, we're thankful that he's here too, Lord. We also ask you to be with Robert Wines, Lord, and his health needs. Is not exactly sure. I guess he has kidney stones and other things wrong with him, Lord, and he's been in out the hospital for the last, couple, last year or more, off, on and off, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to continue just helping him, Lord, and all these health issues, and the rest of his family, Lord, just be with them, and continue just blessing anyone else in this church, Lord. We know Janice also has various health needs also and and Roger Martin as he fell and as he's recovering from his fall and we just thank you for all these people Lord and ask you to continue this blessing and watching over them Lord and now I just ask you Lord just to continue this blessing as other people pray Lord for Jesus and I pray Amen
Thank, thank you all for praying for Pastor and the rest of the people. Thank you for that. And now, uh, the pastor come up. Our guest speaker today is Keith Lambertson. He was here two or three weeks ago, and I read this thing too. He's the property manager of Tri-State Bible Camp in Northeast Northeast New Jersey for 23 years. He served as deacon in Pine Island Baptist Church, Bible Church in Warwick, New York, for the same amount of time, and. He's been married to Alyssa, his wife, for 27 years. Has three grown children, two which are married, and one which has been blessed them with two of the world's most adorable granddaughters so far. So, thank you for his preaching last couple, couple weeks ago, and we ask you to come again. Thank you. Well, I've been blessed already uh, from our service here. I don't know how much of a message this will be to you, but um, <clears throat> I wanted to talk to you this morning about uh, decisions. Uh, as we come to the end of a year, uh, sometimes we reflect on decisions that we've made over the course of the year and then a new year with new decisions, and uh, we think about uh, what God has in store for us, and certainly uh, uh, we all make probably hundreds of decisions every day of our lives. Some of them probably even subconsciously. We don't even realize it's a decision, but we're making it just because it's our normal routine. Um, uh, we're going to be in John, the Gospel of John, if you want to open your Bible to John chapter 3. Um, but <clears throat> some of the decisions that we make in life are required, and there are other decisions that we make in life that are kind of optional. We're allowed to kind of put our, our own twist on them, our own desires, our own inputs, preferences in our decisions, but some are required, and we're going to look at the ones that are required this morning. Some that are required uh, for life, uh, some things that are required in life obviously are our heartbeat, right? You couldn't live if you didn't have a heartbeat. Uh, we need to breathe the air that's around us. We need to eat food. We need to have rest. There are a lot of things that are required for our life, but then there are some things that are optional as well. Some of these are kind of hard to say, but you don't want to think of them as optional, but ice cream, that's really optional, right? Uh, some people may disagree. Smartphones, right? We all probably have smartphones, and we're probably maybe on them a little more than we ought to be, uh, kind of addicted to them, but they really are optional. You can live without them. Uh, we did for many years, uh, many centuries. Uh, it was tough for me to even write this one down, but I guess coffee is even optional. Uh, <laughs> may not be optional for the people around you, but uh, technically uh, it, is a, it is an option, uh, some of the decisions that we make. If you think about it, uh, the first decisions that we probably all made this morning was whether to turn the alarm off and get out of bed or to hit the snooze button, right? And if anybody was late, maybe hit the snooze button too much. Uh, but some of these decisions can be, can be both. They can be both required and optional. If you think about it, what are we going to eat for breakfast? Well, you have to eat something. We do all need to eat but we have choices in what we're going to eat for breakfast. 
Do you want eggs, pancakes, waffles, whatever, just coffee and a piece of toast, uh, whatever uh, you can choose for that. But some things are required, and usually the things that are required, we're usually notified that they are not optional, uh, that you must do them. Uh, on our way here, probably on all of your ways here too, as we came down certain roads, you'll come to an intersection and maybe the one lane that you're in will break into two or three lanes, and then there's a left turn lane and a right turn lane, and there's usually a sign there that says left, turn, left lane must turn left, right? And the word must is all in capital letters. Uh, saying that you can't go in the left lane if you're going to go straight. Uh, that's not an option in that lane, unless you're from New Jersey like we are. <laughs> Some people don't really pay attention uh, to those signs. Uh, we've all been used to these, these signs that we've seen over the past almost two years now at some businesses before you walk in, right? It said masks must be worn, right? Uh, especially early on in COVID uh, that uh, they were required. That wasn't an option. Uh, we're getting to the season where we all fill out our income tax forms, right? And before you put that form in the mail, uh, inside, on the back of the envelope or inside the flap, it says you must sign on the bottom line of your 1040 or whatever. Uh, otherwise, they won't accept that. And that certainly is is true. But the things that are required in life, the things that we must do, usually have to come from a, an authority that's higher than us. Uh, sometimes you might see little kids arguing with each other and one five-year-old telling another one, you must go get me that banana or something. And they say, well, you're not my mommy, you're not my daddy, I don't have to listen to you. And that's true. That's not an authority figure uh, for them. Uh, but <clears throat> we Hopefully we all know authority figures in our lives. Uh, children certainly have parents as authority figures. Uh, we have government officials, rules and regulations that are authority figures in our lives. And we certainly don't always agree with them, but they are there nonetheless. Uh, we have uh, our church authority in churches. Uh, ultimately, God is our ultimate authority and we need to, uh, we must obey what he tells us to do. So we're gonna look at some of the things that he requires here in the book of John uh, that John recorded for us. Uh, in John chapter 3, I'm going to read the first seven verses there, and then we'll pray and uh, see, see what one of these requirements is here. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Okay, let's open in prayer. Father, again, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege to look into your word this morning. We pray that you would give us application, that we would be able to uh, apply these truths to our lives, and we'd be able to obey you as our ultimate authority. And just uh, thank you for this group of people, and pray that you would, again, just help us to enjoy time around your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus said there, probably a very familiar verse to, to most of us here, ye must be born again. But in the context here, <clears throat> it was about this man Nicodemus who was a ruler of the Jews 
He came to Jesus by night. Maybe he was trying to sneak to get to Jesus. Maybe he was worried about the other rulers, what they were going to think if he went and talked to this, this Jesus who was taking some of their people away and creating a following for himself. I'm uh, not sure why he came by, by night. Uh, but he knew that there was something different about this Jesus because they saw the miracles that he did. We were just praying for a miracle, and God still is in the business of doing miracles. Uh, I, I believe that God is in that business. I don't think he uses people today, even though there are some that claim that. Uh, but he does still do miracles today, even. But anyhow, Nicodemus had seen some of these miracles that Jesus did, and he was saying, I, I know he's got to be of God because there's no way he could do these miracles. It's interesting, later on in chapter 8, uh, the, the religious leaders of the day accused Jesus of doing the miracles in the power of the devil. <laughs> so here you have one saying that's the power of God doing it, and then somebody else saying, well, you must be of, of the devil to do these things. Uh, but Jesus answered him and, and introduces this new concept to them of being born again. And of course, Nicodemus, not being born again, thought just humanly speaking, well, how, how can we be born again? I mean, I know it was born from my mother, but am I supposed to enter into my mother's womb a second time? He knew that wasn't going to be the case, uh, but he wanted clarification on this, this phrase, born again. It didn't make sense to him. And Jesus told him that except a man be born of water <clears throat> and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. There's a lot of, a lot of commentaries say a lot of different things about how to interpret this. Uh, I like to keep things simple because I'm simple-minded. And I, I really think that because Jesus goes back to talking about, uh, in verse 6, that that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit, I think what he's talking about here is the water uh, when somebody gives physical birth. You, sometimes you'll say the pregnant woman over oh, water broke, right? Uh, because the baby's coming soon. Uh, I think that that's what he's referring to, that obviously we need to be, have a physical birth. You can't be born again if you never had a physical birth. That wouldn't make sense. So we need to have a physical birth, uh, but we also need to have a spiritual birth. The physical birth gave us our flesh, which Jesus talked about there in verse 6. The spiritual birth gives us the spirit, the spirit of God. It, it, it makes our spirit come alive. Uh, our physical life came from the union of our mother and father, and God's involved in that as well, uh, I certainly believe. But uh, the, our spiritual birth only comes from God. Uh, that's not something that our mother and father can give us. Uh, they can lead us to that spiritual birth. Uh, but, and, and hopefully if you're born in a Christian household and they are working toward that, uh, that's a good thing. But uh, we need to have that spiritual birth is what Jesus is talking about here. Uh, you might have heard the, the phrase, born once, die twice, born twice, die once. Right? That's, they used to have those things on buttons when people used to wear those buttons or even bumper stickers. Uh, but if you've only been born once physically, then you're going to die twice if you never are born again. Because you're going to die physically, but you're also going to die spiritually. You're already dead spiritually, technically. Uh, but if you've been born twice, if you've been born physically and born again spiritually, you're only going to die physically. We're not going to die spiritually. And we, who are this close, I believe, to the return of the Lord, we may not even die physically. We might just be caught up with the Lord in the air. That would be wonderful that we wouldn't have to experience that, that death. But uh, certainly, <clears throat> this is why Jesus was saying he must be born again. In order to have spiritual life, in order to have a relationship with God, in order to go to heaven uh, when we die, uh, we must be, but it's not an option. You can't add something to that. You can't put your opinion in there as well. 
there are many people who try to take a little bit from each religion and say, well, I, I want to cover all the bases and just in case this one doesn't work, I'll, I'll believe a little bit of that one too. But no, that's, that's not the case. Uh, you must be born again according to what the Bible says. There's no other way. The Bible is very clear about that. No other way to get to heaven. Acts 4.12 and John 14.6 uh, both tell us that. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, not a way or a truth or a life, one of many, <clears throat> but I am the way, the truth, and the life. And to, to clarify, he says, no man comes to the Father except by me, uh, but by me. So that's how we are born again, uh, and that's required. It's something that, that we need to have happen in our lives in order to have a relationship with God, in order to go to heaven and, and make our spirit alive and open toward God. A few more verses down. Uh, we'll see another must in the book of John there, starting at verse 13. Uh, can Jesus continues as he's talking to Nicodemus here. He continues in verse 13, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So he's saying here that he needed to be lifted up. The Son of Man must be lifted up. Well, what does that mean? What, did he, what do you mean by lifted up? Is somebody supposed to go and grab him, pick him up, and lift him up? Well, he likens it to what happened with Moses back in the Old Testament. I want to look at this for a minute here. In uh, Numbers chapter 21, we find this reference that Jesus is making here. Numbers 21, as it is so many times in the Old Testament with the children of Israel, they had this cycle of where they would follow God for a while and they would get their eyes off of God and get themselves in trouble and cry out to God and, and God would relieve them uh, of their troubles and they would serve him for a while. And uh, before we point the finger at them, though, we need to point the finger at ourselves, right? Because we go through those cycles as well. Uh, when things are going good, we tend to take our eyes off the Lord, but we shouldn't. And when things are going rough, we, we cry out to God to rescue us and to help us. But in Numbers 21, starting in verse 4, the children of Israel here, as they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, and the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. So here they're complaining again, they're murmuring. Uh, they, they, these are the same people that witnessed some miracles of God as he parted the sea and as you know, he provided for them with this manna. Uh, they first-hand witnesses, so we need to be careful and say, well, you know, if I saw some of the miracles that Jesus performed, maybe I'd believe the Lord, or you know, people will say that from time to time, but it's not that. We have the word of God. We have everything that we need to put our faith and trust in Christ and the word of God, which records these miracles, and here we can even see these people witnessed miracles, and they're still murmuring and complaining, uh, thinking that God led them there to die. Uh, it said there's no bread, there's no water. Remember, he gave them the bread, the manna. That was a miracle in itself. Uh, he had water come from the rock when Moses hit it. So they, they weren't looking at that. They were just looking at their immediate circumstance and complaining. And verse 6, and the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord 
and against thee, you pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, he shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. So this was another miracle that God performed uh, because they were murmuring and complaining. <clears throat> Even though he sent the serpents to uh, injure some of them and many of them died because of those snake bites, uh, he had Moses make this serpent of brass. Now, we might first think, well, that, that's kind of an idol, isn't it? But it wasn't an idol. It wasn't the, the serpent itself. It wasn't the brass pole that the serpent was wrapped around. It was the fact that they were being obedient to the word of God. God told them, if you look upon this, then I'll heal you. So they had to obey and look upon it. So the same is true today with the scriptures, with the word of God. If we look upon the word of God, uh, the Bibles that we hold in our hand, uh, then God will provide for our needs and he will certainly um, heal us, spiritually speaking, uh, from the sickness that we have called sin. Those who believed God's word had to look at the serpent lifted on the pole. They were physically healed. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm a volunteer with the fire department in my town, and we do medical calls as well. But it's interesting. A lot of times, if you notice, a lot of people in the medical field and the industry have those emblems where there's actually a pole with a snake going around it, right? You ever wonder why that, why that is? <laughs> it goes back to this, actually, back to Moses. Uh, they don't even realize it. Most people have no clue about that. But really, that should bring our minds back to that and think, you know, that because people listened to the word of God and looked to that serpent of brass upon the pole, they were healed physically. But we need to look to the word of God today and be healed spiritually as well. Uh, in a day and age where so many people are so bent on getting any mention of God out of our society, out of our history, uh, even before things of recent days where people are tearing down these statues and different things, I can remember years ago, I think it was in Alabama, uh, they removed the Ten Commandments from a court down there, right? As if, you know, we don't want that anymore. Well, that's a lot of our laws are based on biblical principles in this country. And it doesn't matter whether you tear them down. That still is the law. That still is God's law. And these people don't realize that we still even use this. <laughs> they go to the hospital and there's that symbol that's in the scriptures uh, all over the medical field today. Uh, but Christ... The reason he says here that the Son of Man, back in John chapter 3 there, verse 14, <clears throat> he says the Son of Man must be lifted up. He's talking about Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Okay, just as that serpent on the pole was what the people were to look to for physical healing, the Son of God on the cross, as he was nailed to that cross, he was lifted up and put in that hole where he gave his life to be the sacrifice for our sins. And, and God uh, certainly... Uh, accepted that offering as we're going to see here as well. Uh, but we know uh, that this is what that's referring to because he was lifted up uh, as that cross was put uh, in the ground. This is also referred to, if you want to turn ahead, John chapter 12 and verse 34. The Bible says, The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever, and how sayest thou the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? And this certainly was uh, Jesus being lifted up. This is uh, uh, shortly before he was lifted up on that cross at his crucifixion. 
So this is another must of the book of John. The next one still is found in chapter 3. This is one of my favorites here. John chapter 3. <coughs> Start in verse 26. It says, And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, <coughs> he that was with thee beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, behold, the same baptizeth, and all men come to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing except to be given to him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy, therefore, is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. Okay, you see uh, John's attitude toward this. People were concerned that Jesus was attracting more people to follow him than John had following John himself. But John knew right along this was Jesus is the Messiah. This must happen. <laughs> he must increase and I must decrease. And I don't think he was just talking about the amount of followers that were starting to follow Jesus as opposed to the amount of followers that John had. I think he was talking about his life and our lives as well. Uh, this should really be uh, our, our theme, our motto. He must increase and I must decrease. You see, we can only have <clears throat> uh, a total of 100% of what's going on in our lives, right? So if we, if we only give God time on Sunday mornings to come to church an hour a week, that's less than 1% of the 112 hours that we experience during the week, right? So how much, is, is that God increasing? <laughs> I'm getting 111 hours and he's getting one hour. That's, no, he's decreasing, he needs to increase. I'm not saying that we need to move in here and <laughs> have all our meals here and you know, live here, uh, but we, we need to allow him to have more control of our lives each day that we live. And that's, that's a lifelong process. I don't think we can in this flesh ever get to 100% of allowing God, but we need to grow to that, to that goal. Um, we need to be in the God's word every day as we read it, as we, we heard from the, the, the update this morning here. We need to be in that, and that'll help us to grow and help him to increase and us to decrease. Uh, we need to be praying for each other. We need to be meeting as much as we can with each other. We need to help each other and uh, share in the gospel with those around us, whether it's at work, uh, our neighborhood, at school, uh, wherever you might be. That's all him increasing and us decreasing, and that's so important for us to do. I wanna try to get a bumper sticker made up with just a cross on it and the greater than symbol and then the letter I, right? He must increase and I must decrease. Too often we have the, the greater than symbol being a less than symbol, right? And He's decreasing because I'm increasing. I'm in control of my life, and I want to do what I want to do. That's a battle that we all face. The Apostle Paul talks about that in Romans chapter 7 <clears throat> very much, and goes into a lot of detail uh, of that. This is a difficult thing for many people in our day and age because I know when I was growing up, I think that's the first time they were really talking about this me first generation, right? You know, today was a generation X or Z. I don't even know what letter we're up to now, but... Uh, <laughs> I remember our school teachers telling us, you guys are living in the me first generation, that's all you're worried about is you. Well, that's probably been true for every generation of people. That's, that's human nature because we have sin living in us. Uh, but the me first generation is putting me higher than God and, and not giving him the ability to increase in our lives. And we can do that as believers as well. And uh, we need to be careful about that. 
we don't need to ask how much of the Holy Spirit we have, but how much of us does the Holy Spirit have? There's a big difference in that statement, right? There are some churches out there in the name of Christianity trying to tell you you need to have more of the Holy Spirit to be able to overcome something in your life. Well, the Holy Spirit needs to have more of us <laughs> in order to overcome. Uh, we have all the Holy Spirit that we need the moment we're saved, the moment we come to Christ. He's given to come in and indwell us. Uh, but the problem that we face is that we don't allow him to control us. We always have that special part in our lives that we, no, you, you don't need to be in here. You, you can take care of other things in my life, but let me have this corner of my, my life. And we need to be careful not to do that. <clears throat> so he must increase, but I must decrease. Uh, <clears throat> I think maybe we'll, we'll continue more of this next week. I don't want to keep you here uh, all day, but uh, it's interesting. A lot of these things in the, in the Gospel of John that talk about things that we must do, some of them talk about what God must do, and we know that God has always fulfilled what he must do, what he says he must do. He's 100% accurate. We're never 100% accurate. Uh, but there are some things in here that are given to man, like we just talked about. Uh, Jesus said, you must be born again. This is something that we must decide to do. But when Jesus said he must be lifted up, that was something he did for us, and he did it. it it's complete. It's done. Uh, not everybody is born again yet because there are people that haven't trusted Christ. Where he says he must increase, but I must decrease, well, we still battle that every day of our lives, and we need to uh, work on allowing him to increase more. Uh, he's bigger than us. He ought to be evident in our lives. He ought to be on display to those around us. Uh, again, whether we're at work, at home, uh, we've gathered with family. I, I trust that Thanksgiving, we'll probably do it again at Christmas time. Maybe you have some unsaved people in your family, and you need to show that he's increasing in your life, and that the gospel is evident in your household, and that uh, they need to trust Christ, that they need, must be born, born again as well. Uh, so we'll look more at this uh, next week. Uh, as we continue on looking at all the different requirements, the musts in the Gospel of John. There's some interesting ones uh, that we'll see next week, but why don't we uh, close in prayer this week and uh, be on our way. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, again for the opportunity to share your word today. We thank you, Lord, for this church, this family. We thank you for the close-knit group that it certainly is. Thank you for their reliance upon you to meet the needs here. Uh, we certainly do pray for uh, Pastor and Cynthia and for the others in the church that are going through medical uh, struggles at this time, Lord. We ask that you would give them strength to get through this. We pray that they would certainly rely on you uh, through this time and that others would see their reliance on you and give you the glory through it, Lord, and be drawn to you and want to have a relationship with you because of it, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, for this time. Pray that you would bless our afternoon as well in Jesus' name.